You are listening to Three Kitchens Podcast, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. We release a new episode every Tuesday. Come join us for a new recipe and a good story. Today's episode of Three Kitchens Podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. The Well-Endowed Podcast, hosted by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden, tells the stories of how these endowments intersect with the community and explores how the foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. Hi listeners, this is Sarah Soma Sundaram. I am your host today and today we are talking street food from Singapore. But before we continue, let's check in with my two beautiful co-hosts, Heather Dyer. Hello. And Erin Walker. Good morning. Ladies. <laughs> that was so nice of you to say that we're beautiful after we roll out of bed and pop on Zoom. <laughs> after we were just looking at our disheveled selves on the video. <laughs> yeah. I think we all turned on and we're like, oh no, this is <laughs> nice. Oh dear. <laughs> Yikes. Oh well. That's why we do an audio podcast. That's it. Yeah. What does your husband <laughs> what does your husband say, Aaron? Faces for radio. Faces for radio. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. He's such a sweetheart, eh? Well, first thing Monday morning, I have to agree. Well, we got our coffee. It's happening. We're waking up and we're gonna talk about food. And street food sounds fun. And anytime you tell us anything from Singapore, it's yeah. always delicious. So mm-hmm. we're here for it. Yeah. Okay. So before we can talk about all the food we want to eat, right? I want to tell you something that I learned about recently about how we taste foods. Yes. You mentioned something about this. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, I was listening to a podcast recently and there was a guest on named Gary Bocamp. It's spelled B-E-A-U-C-H-A-M-P. Beauchamp. Beauchamp. I think it's French. That's why it's catching you up. Yeah. See? French. Gary B. from the Manel Chemical (laughs) Senses Center. (laughs) We'll just go with that. Anyway, he studies um, taste and smell. Mm -hmm. And um, so he was sharing that, like, we've all heard that our tongue has spots that tell where bitter and sour and salty and umami Mm -hmm. and sweet come from. But I guess the flavor associated with that taste Mm -hmm. is more so determined by your nose right okay so if you plug your nose and you taste something like pop you'll probably only be able to distinguish that it's sweet and if you want to know more about the flavor whether you're having an orange pop or a ginger ale or whatever then you would have to unplug your nose to get the flavor of it which i thought was really interesting because Mm -hmm. Our tongue just really tells us what the taste is and our nose tells us what the flavor is. Interesting. Which I thought was really interesting. So I guess there are little hairs up in our nose called cilia. I have no hairs in my nose. What are you talking about? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not the the ones that we don't have. I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) 
but they're <laughs> they're up in our mucosal glands up in our yeah. nose mm -hmm. and they are like direct little lines from our brain to our nose so it's almost mm. like a piece of our brain is living in our nose uh, well it's close enough i guess right yeah, like it's like <laughs> a, a tentacle direct, it's mm -hmm. like a tentacle that comes out to our mm -hmm. nose that determines flavor whereas the ones that are on our tongue they kind of just stimulate areas of the brain that are like oh yeah that's bitter oh yeah that's sweet right, but they okay. don't but it's not like this direct path that our nose has and one of the things that he said that really distinguishes humans from all other creatures in terms of how taste and flavor work right is that one of the things that we enjoy MSG as no, part of our, <laughs> <laughs> as part of our flavor and tasting experience mm -hmm. is pain spice my friends I totally agree hot peppers and carbonation are two of the examples of pain oh so yeah. at some point today get yourself some carbonated water or a pop or whatever mm. plug your nose <laughs> and stick just your tongue in okay. and tell me how long you can hold your tongue in the bubbly water before oh. it hurts and you have to take it out. Ah. Because I have never, like I totally get spices pain, mm -hmm. but apparently carbonated water, that little feeling of pop, pop, pop on your tongue is actually a pain receptor going off. <laughs> so I want to try this because I've never perceived it as that. So can we all try mm -hmm. sticking yeah, our let's tongue try in carbonated let's try water? And when we come back for part two, totally. yeah, can we yeah, tell yeah. how long we could do this for? Because I thought mm -hmm. that was really interesting. Yeah, let's time it. Yeah, okay, I think so. the kids will find this amusing as yeah. well. We'll make it like a science yeah. experiment. Yeah. Look at me, I'm homeschooling during the summer. There you go. That's the extent of it. Look there will be no the other overachiever here. Oh, I'm going to bring my kids into this. No, listen, <laughs> we all know already that Sarah's got like math lessons and things planned. <laughs> they're doing oh, it yeah. right now see lessons what are they doing reviewing. they're just doing a few pages of their math book that's all see just that's a right. few okay let's do that experiment that sounds yeah fun we're so yeah. evolved aren't we our little so tentacle many... noses and whatnot. <laughs> now i just imagine that <laughs> so Ooh. interesting i hope you enjoy this recipe because i don't think you have to plug your nose for this one okay good <laughs> All right, oh, but we'll, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> so street food. I always associate street food with like city sort of travels mm. and and vibrancy and nightlife and any memories of great street food that you have had on your travels. Something memorable put you on the spot oh. on Monday morning. I wish I knew what it was, but that's the, <laughs> sometimes the fun of street food is you don't even really know what you're eating. But right. When I went to India with my friend, Karen, and we took this train that goes up into the Himalayan foothills, essentially, mm -hmm. to a place called Shimla, which was sort of like equated to the Banff of the area. Mm. And along the way, there was a stop. And on the platform outside the train come these women with food that they'd made. And they had like a little table set up. Right. And they were like selling something. And at this point, we'd been, we hadn't been there a long time in India yet. So we were a little like, what it, we wanted to always ask, what it, what is it? Like we yeah, wanted to know what right. we were eating. And we just kind of had, at this point, we were like, we have to give up trying to figure out what, we're, <laughs> because we often don't communicate and people are just like, they're in a hurry. People were all rushing over there to get whatever they had. And Karen mm. says, I'm going for it. I'm going in. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, if you're going in, I'm going in. So we... We had, I don't know now, if yeah. I saw it now, maybe I'd 
recognize what it was. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a meat dish. It was okay. something like I'm something similar to pakora maybe, but okay. in a form, like some kind of a veggie patty thing that oh. was like wrapped in a paper and you just ate it. I don't ah. know what it was, but it was so delicious. And it was just so funny because we were like, what the hell? We're, we're just stop asking what everything is and just go and eat it. Everybody's yeah. enjoying yes. it. Yes. The best right. things are always the things that like when you're traveling, like you said, you're always like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Go for it. Should like I you would do it. Was it in Argentina where you had like the sauce? Yes. And I, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> we, we went out for lunch and we were next to a park and they just had these like hot dog stands is what they look like set up. But they have a uh, churri pan. It's okay. uh, a chorizo on bread. So, right. you know, they serve you up your hot dog and then you get to choose what you want on it. And I remember it's like 30, 35 degrees. It's full sun and there's this big green jar of something. Like everyone in the line ahead of us is getting it on their thing. Right. And I'm standing there looking at it and I was like, I'm going in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm doing it. <laughs> and that was the chimichurri sauce that I found mm. out. Everyone puts on everything. And it's after that, that's, yeah, I put that shit on everything. <laughs> that chimichurri sauce didn't have cilantro in it, right? No, they Which don't make parsley? it with cilantro. They make it with parsley. Parsley, okay. So cilantro is kind of like a, I think that's where like you get the Central America influence. Mm. Gotcha, okay. Anywhere I ate it, it didn't have any cilantro. It was just made with parsley and oregano. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I hadn't even thought about the cilantro piece. I You're was more worried about it. the fact that it was <laughs> yeah. sitting in the full sun for... Yeah. <laughs> who knows how long but it's what is it yeah it's mm. funny how you get that point where you're just like nope ah. it i don't care <laughs> do what I'm you're gonna to do to me it. i'm tasting this <laughs> yeah. i remember Ooh. being in nepal and doing that fuck it business and coming back with a raging kidney infection oh <laughs> so sometimes it's not a great idea but how can you stop yourself hey two out of three <laughs> Sometimes it might not sit well with you, but experiencing mm. the flavors and the street food and all that stuff, it's... It is such a moment. I, I don't know. Mm. It's such a memory for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. It, and it's not just the food. It's the vibrancy of everything that's happening. It's loud. Yes. It's usually slightly uncomfortable in some way. It's too hot or it's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know... Crowded. Loud, crowded. But mm -hmm. somehow it all comes together in this fantastic bite. Now, if you go to Singapore, Singapore is kind of a different i call it asian 101 in the sense that um you don't ever have to worry about getting sick from badly handled food it's very regulated there very very mm. one of the many things that you will be eating because that's all you will do in singapore is something called satay okay mm. when i came to canada and tried different kinds of foods from what i tried in singapore i realized that satay means different things here as well for me for what i from what I have experienced in Vietnamese food, satay refers to the sauce that you get that goes on your pho. Okay, oh, yeah. Okay. Like a chili paste oh. that goes on your pho, which I also think they marinate certain foods with, and it's not very peanutty. See, I thought a peanut sauce That's was a satay sauce. exactly where I thought too. Interesting. And then there's the Thai satay stuff that for me, that's the peanut stuff. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I think they're all kind of related because they're all Southeast Asian countries. Mm -hmm. So satay 
can be associated with Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, but we're going to talk about Singapore statue. They all have a slight variation, I guess. What they are is meat on a stick. And mm -hmm. you'll see the satay person sit there and cook up the satay on usually a charcoal grill. This is what I think is the best flavor. Obviously, when you cook something on charcoal, it's just a whole mm -hmm. amazing dimension to the food, right? And then it is served usually with a sauce, a dipping sauce, which is the satay sauce, which I think you guys are familiar with mm -hmm. that taste. Um, yeah. It's sweet, savory, and spicy. It comes also with cucumber, red onion. Sometimes that stuff is pickled and sometimes it's raw and you just sort of clear your palate with these sort of condiments and you dip it in the sauce and then you go on to more satay from maybe it's a different kind of meat. So it's usually chicken, beef or mutton, mm. lamb, I guess, right? Well, lamb and mutton are not the same thing. No, but they call it mutton. Sometimes I don't oh. know why. Sheep. sheep. Maybe that's but, you sheep. but you never call it <laughs> no, sheep. But you never call it sheep. No, because it's a different product. It's like it's... veal and beef, beef, not the same thing. It is one's tender and one's not, but this mutton is usually not tough. So that's why I wonder why it's called mutton sometimes. And I have no idea. Sometimes I think we refer to things differently in different yeah. countries. Yeah. That's my favorite, by the way, the mutton ones, the satay, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to make that one. It also gets served with something called ketupat. And ketupat is, is not one of my favorite side dishes with this, but I had to call a friend about these recipes because I didn't know which <laughs> one was authentic. And he tried to convince me to make it. And he got an easy, easy peasy recipe for me. And I mean it. You guys, this is easy peasy. <laughs> Our faces were like, mm, sure. The eyebrows are going up. She's getting the side eye. Are you talking about your friend, Paul? I am talking about Paul. So Paul and He's Sarah, neither one. Yeah, we, we <laughs> friend of the podcast. Yes. Neither one of them knows simple cooking, I don't think. Because uh -uh. no. they're amazing cooks. So what, what ketupat is, is it's compressed rice. Okay, so think oh. of, hmm. um, you know, when you make onigiri? Yeah. It's like rice balls. Yeah. And usually, when I think I've tasted it there, it's usually a little, I, I feel like it's cooked for longer than okay. regular rice. So it's kind of, when you compress it, it's a little bit wetter, I, say, I would say. I don't like that texture of rice. So this is just going to be a simple, <laughs> listen to this, simple, cook the rice, put it in um, ice trays yeah. and shape them. And yeah. that's your ketupat. And you take that with a skewer and you dip it into your sauce and you oh, eat it. Okay. Oh, okay. So we're going to probably marinate these meat pieces for a while here, this satay meat. And I think I'm going to go with beef. I was going to say, is it mystery meat here that you're trying, <laughs> like you're talking about meat in general? <laughs> And I was like, uh. <laughs> which meat? Because anything, you could do this with chicken, you can do this with whatever meat, right? Right. Only thing that I'm still not undecided on is what kind of meat to go with, because I like it tender. So I don't like having meat on a stick and then you pull it with mm. one bite and it doesn't break. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got this big piece of meat coming off of it. Like, you know, I was even thinking of flank or skirt steak Ooh, yeah. um, because it's a quick cook. And logically street food the, the meat should be a cheap cut right it shouldn't mm -hmm. be an expensive cut so i'm trying to figure out what we'll we'll talk about that in the second part what i go with but in this meat i got this recipe from kathy l hunt.com she actually is 
using a recipe from a woman called Sharon Wee. And uh, Sharon Wee's growing up in a Nonia, Nonia kitchen is her uh, cookbook, hmm. but she's adapting it a little bit so that she can talk about her version of the recipe. So these are the several many ingredients that go into marinating this meat. Sugar, coriander powder, minced galangal. Okay, galangal, I know you guys mm -hmm. know this, but it is like a citrusy version of ginger. So if you cannot find galangal, use ginger, but use a little bit more lemongrass, which also goes into okay. this. Okay, and then um, cumin, turmeric, salt, fennel seeds, a large shallot, which red onion, right? Garlic, coconut milk, and then your meat. Yum. Yeah, mm. that's a lot of good flavors there. I love that's a all lot. of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it doesn't taste strong, in my opinion. Satay. Satay tastes like it's smoked on charcoal. Yeah, so we're going to marinate that. We're going to get that on the skewer. And then mm -hmm. I'm going to look into what peanut sauce I want to use, what recipe I want to use, and then the sides. I would love to pickle those um, cucumbers and onions because mm. I like that taste better. Yeah, yummy. Yeah, I love a pickle. And then do the ketupat, the easy version of ketupat. And uh, so stay tuned. Oh, this sounds so delicious. Some street food coming your way. This yes. is going to have all the good, all the good flavors in. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you switch providers, nothing changes about the delivery of these utilities to your home or business. If you have an existing contract, you're going to want to find out the terms before leaving. If you don't, then it's even easier to sign up for Park Power. You as the consumer have the choice of who you pay your bills to. Why not choose your friendly local utilities provider? Learn more at parkpower.ca. We're back with street food. Mm. I don't know where I thought that was going. We're back from the street. We're back from the streets. And we're not hungry anymore. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yes. We're just like, bear with us. And we're still full. We're full of satay. <laughs> full of something. <laughs> okay. We're full so, of it. <laughs> full. I'm going to talk about, wait, one second. One, two, three. The four things I made. The main thing was the satay. Four, four things. Four things. Oh, and Sorry. also she told me earlier, she was when you, I don't know where you were at the moment, but she told me, yeah, it took like, it took a village. It took a village. And I'm like, okay, I wanted something simple that I it can make. It is simple. It is simple. Did I say it wasn't simple? It took a village. Well, you so said of, it required a number of it took people. a village of brains, okay? Because you know mine does not work very well on its own. So <laughs> I needed some other brain, brain work in this thinking okay. business. All so right. um, four things. I made the satay. I made the satay, the peanut sauce that goes with the satay. Mm -hmm. I made a very quick, easy pickle mm -hmm. with onions and cucumber. And I made something called katupat, which is basically compressed rice, like rice balls. So this ended up taking a village and we'll talk about this village as we talk about these recipes. So very first one, katupat. Let's talk about katupat. Really easy. You make rice and when it's slightly warm, you take the rice and you put it into a baking pan, like a 
like a square baking pan or a rectangular baking mm. pan or whatnot. And you press it in with maybe some parchment paper on top. Okay. 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 And then you cool it down and then you cut it into whatever size you want, like bite-sized pieces that you can then use your skewer to pick it up with and then dip mm -hmm. it into the peanut sauce and um, go have fun with that. So that recipe came from asianinspirations.com.au and the recipe is called Malay compressed rice or ketupat, K-E-T-U-P-A-T. And I just wanted to thank my friend Paul for making me do this because I had no intention of when he sent this to me I was like I really like just like look how easy it is it's so easy and just do it and uh, when you are cooking the rice they suggest putting salt in it and um, pandan leaf to just fragrance it nicely oh that's what want, was in there is that the to... green in there yeah. I thought it was lime or something maybe or I like I couldn't figure out what yeah. it was yeah if you don't want to go look for those things again you can find it at superstore really easily in the frozen section totally okay so that's that done ketupat's done the second thing was the pickled onion and cucumber so one tablespoon of rice vinegar to one teaspoon of sugar that's mm -hmm. the ratio depending okay. on what your jar is and how much onion and cucumber you have in there you can saturate that jar if you'd like, this is a quick fridge pickle. So you right. don't have to worry about anything going wrong. And I left it in the fridge to kind of marinate in those flavors. And we ate it within four hours of me making it. And it keeps going. Like you can eat it yeah. for the next couple of weeks. It's mm -hmm. good in the fridge. Okay. So see, mm -hmm. second one, simple, right? Yeah. I'm with you. Simple so far. Okay. Third one, peanut sauce. <laughs> I'm sitting on the edge because I'm waiting for it to all come <laughs> crashing down. <here>. No, <laughs> I think it might come crashing down here. Oh, no. Okay. So peanut sauce, it went really well. I really loved this recipe. However, I am going to tell you before I start on this recipe that uh, there is a chef out there named Marion Grasby. She has a simpler peanut sauce recipe. Um, okay. And it's extremely tasty. I have made that one, but I decided to go with the slightly more complicated one. When I say complicated, it's not that complicated, but you know, if I say simple, both of you are going to say something. So um, this <laughs> is by Ping Coombs, and I actually have her cookbook called Malaysia. Very good cookbook. Totally recommend that one. However, that recipe is also, it's in a website called inspiredbyirene.com and just go to the peanut sauce part of it because she also talks about the satay part of it mm -hmm. okay this is what you do you get some salted peanuts from the store you put it in a food processor blend it up put that aside you get some red chilies you soak them in some hot water to soften them some dried red chilies pardon me okay, okay. and then you de-seed it after it has softened and then you throw that into a blender with onion garlic ginger lemongrass with lemongrass take out the outside husk always because it's softer inside mm -hmm. and bash it a little bit and then throw it into your blender and some sugar salt sweet soy sauce 
if you are looking for sweet soy sauce, this is the weirdest thing. It's an Indonesian ingredient. You can find it at Superstore. If you can't find it there, go to your closest German or Dutch store. They always have this ingredient because they, they use a lot of Indonesian ingredients as well. Hmm. And I always hmm. get mine from Edelweiss in Calgary, hmm. which is a German grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, coconut milk, something called tamarind concentrate. I think you guys are familiar with this. It is some an ingredient we use for a Diwali episode. Mm-hmm. And all this goes into the sauce. It's as simple as blending it and then simmering it down. Oh, okay. What Ping Koom says is that this sauce to me is delicious because it's creamy, spicy, sweet, and sour all at the same time. And she's got the specific ratios of sweet, sour, creamy, and savory all well done in my opinion so I just wanted to make this particular peanut sauce for this saute but again if you're like what I gotta go out and get tamarind and and all these ingredients then go with the Marion Grasby peanut saute sauce because that is much simpler or just knock on Sarah's door because she's got all I do I do everything's in the pantry and in the freezer (laughs) and if you do buy things like tamarind concentrate they stay in your fridge for a long time there are many recipes you can make with it okay and now this was the fun part the saute Mm -hmm. so this is why I said it took a village we were talking about in part one we were talking about making this a cheap cut because this is street food in the end And you can absolutely use a skirt or flank steak for this. They tend to be cheaper and they would totally work for this. Right. However, I went to Master Meats. Yay, Master Meats. And I (laughs) talked to the butcher and I said, look, I'm making satay. And he went, oh, yeah, you're making satay. I know what cut to do. And he gave me a sirloin tip. It's tender. And Hmm. because I told him I was making sati, he cut it into strips for me. Oh, Oh, nice. Wasn't that awesome? They're so good there. They're so good. So all I had to do was take those long strips and then cut them a little further into bite-sized strips. Mm -hmm. So this was really well done. So that was one part of the village. (laughs) The other thing was I decided because Satay in Singapore is always made on a charcoal barbecue. This is what gives that beautiful extra taste to it. I took out my little charcoal barbecues that some of us have, you know, it's not expensive. Yeah, those hibachi things. And um, another friend of mine um, had suggested that while I do these charcoal barbecues to go to barbecue galore and go get some wood chips or wood chunks. Mm. And these wood chunks have different flavors. Mm. I got a pecan flavored, I don't know what you call it. I mentioned it's pecan wood. Mm -hmm. It's pecan wood. And it's supposed to smell like pecan. There was a cherry wood. There was like a whole bunch of mesquite, you know, the the regular Mm -hmm. stuff. And it was funny because then I talked to the guy at barbecues galore and he's like, oh, satay, you got to go for pecan. (laughs) So there you go. Everyone seems to know about satay. So then I just dropped a couple of those wood chunks into the charcoal and it created this beautiful smoke. I can't say with, I'm not a connoisseur of the smoking meat and and stuff like that. Like 
I can't say that I tasted pecan in the satay because it was it was very peanutty, mm-hmm. right, with that sauce. But apparently some people can actually pick up on those hues. Mm. So if you're one of those people, then, you know, it's a great little zhuzh up for your food. Nice. Mm-hmm. The satay sauce, the marinade was from, as I mentioned before, kathylhunt.com. And this was extremely simple. You take all the ingredients that she talks about Mm -hmm. and you put it into a blender and you puree it one of the ingredients here that people may be unfamiliar with is galangal and galangal is just that citrusy um, ginger Um, again if you can't find galangal use ginger but use a little extra lemongrass right give you to make up for that And then marinate your meat in that marinade in the fridge, the longer, the better, right? Mm -hmm. So you can do a minimum of two hours or overnight. And then you then soak your bamboo skewers. And when you skewer them up, skewer them flat. Right. So that they're flat on both sides. You know what? You just pat it down with your hand. I shouldn't make that noise as I'm doing it. And then you just flatten them. Oh, Okay. Okay. And then here is my advice. So with the first batch of satay that I did on the charcoal barbecue, I love charred meat. So I charred it a little too much. And then I had a piece and I did, I realized that satay doesn't do well charred. It does well seared and then, you know, cook it and get it off before it chars. Mm. Oh, okay. And then I got that all together and... I gave it to you. I dropped it off at your Lucky house. Lucky us. So what did you think? Yum, yum, yum. I love this so much. That was really amazing peanut sauce. Mm. I love yes. a good peanut sauce. And I feel like I'm not surprised that there were so many things that went into that because there were there were a lot of interesting sort of flavors in that, mm. that sauce. It's not mm. like, you know, I've had a peanut sauce that's kind of just peanut peanut yeah Yeah. this to me was like I was like what is in here there's like there's stuff happening in this sauce oh yeah so good and it was a great thick Mm. sort of consistency that it stuck when you dip the meat or the rice into it yeah so good and the meat on its own was also Mm-hmm. Just yeah, delicious. Nice and sweet, right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the rice yeah. too. Yeah, I love those little cute little blocks of rice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. And then with the pickle, it was the whole thing was just perfect. I was like, yep. thanks. Now I don't need to eat dinner. Yes, that, yeah. was, that like, was my lunch the next day. Oh, God, it was so fantastic. Oh, and then God. you dropped by that tart too, and I was like, I oh, could yes. just live like this. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. You're hanging out with the right crowd. Yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm gonna keep these friends. <laughs> no that was fantastic I heated up my sauce Mm because I wasn't sure because I had kept it in the fridge overnight and it was very thick and Mm -hmm. it had separated from the oil a bit right and I opened it up and I was like "Mm, no I want this heated up so I just popped it in a pan on the stove and quickly stirred it around and heated it up and then scraped every last bit of it out of there while I Mm -hmm. ate the meat and the rice it was it had so much going on in it. I would say other peanut sauces I have found boring. Woohoo! That's how Singapore. I would that's when they just do the like peanut. Like it's nothing like else. peanut and it's kind and of like, thin and runny. It can't just be peanut. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never really liked a peanut sauce. I've always yeah. tried it and been like 
why do people like peanut sauce so much? Yeah. This is just tastes the like type peanut of peanut. Yeah, this is the right. type of peanut sauce that you want to eat because mm-hmm. it like you said it just had so much going on and with the way that you describe her describing the recipe with the sweet, the salty, the sour, the spicy and the creamy. Mm-hmm. And the creamy. Yeah, like it's all all there. And that's why I wanted to go for a little bit more of a complicated one here. I and when I say complicated it's it's just, it's complicated because you have to add a few more ingredients to your kitchen, right? It's a longer list. But it's just, I, if I was going to do Singapore satay, I was going to do the sauce right. Yeah, no, this Glad is- you guys liked it. All of my senses. Yeah, and I think it was worth it when someone else is making it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I can be honest, even though I loved it so much, I'm not sure that I would go to all that effort to make it. So I'm glad you provided us like a little bit easier option. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can work up to the Singapore okay, but, sauce. But what don't you have? You can get salted peanuts. I'm, I'm calling her out on this. It just listeners. feels like a bit more work. Does it? There are steps involved where you can't just open it up and be like, oh, I'm going to make this. Oh, but first However, I have to make that. And first I have to make that. Yeah. If you make a big mm. batch of this, guess what? It freezes beautifully. So make a big batch mm. of it and freeze it. Yeah. And give it yeah. to all your friends that don't have peanut allergies. Right. <laughs> right. That, that would be important. <laughs> that would be important. That would yes. be, that'd be kind of key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, try it. Try mm. it. And you know what? What okay. a great uh, summer meal. I think this is really fun. The skewers you can do the day before. The peanut sauce you can do whenever and freeze it. The ketupat you can do the day before. The pickles you can do the day before. Get it all out when your guests come over or when your family comes home to eat. And then all you're doing is barbecuing the saute. And how fun is that? Like as you barbecue, you're eating. Yeah, this sounds like the perfect thing to be having while you camp. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I think we've all done the transporting skewers. You just get those big Ziploc bags. Mm-hmm. You put your skewers in. It all freezes. It marinates. It thaws. And then you have sold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Throw some briquettes. You can easily get those heated yeah. up in your fire and then yeah. just pull oh, them yeah. out even. Like Great if you idea. don't have the hibachi. And mm-hmm. get some of those fun wood chip stuff. Yeah. Wood chunks, actually. The wood chunks were really fun. Yeah, I like that idea. You can also apparently put those in a regular barbecue. I think there's different, you can get trays that you use and I don't know. Oh, is that right? I I think so, yeah. about that. Oh, I would like to look into that. Ask your friend at Barbecue Galore. I bet you can tell you all about it. I've got friends now, guys. So many friends. Had two friends who gave me recipes and tips. I had Master Meats, Barbecue Galore these two chefs that I got recipes out of and home cooks that then modified the recipes and put them on Google. So I say that's a pretty good village. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, you forgot the two other people in your village that uh, ate. My co-hosts. That gave you their reviews. That came and ate the food you made. That's right. And then said good things about it after. If nobody eats it, it doesn't even count. Exactly. Right. So. It's like when a tree falls in a forest. Nobody can say. That's exactly what I was going to quote. If food is cooked if, and we don't eat it. If Aaron, if Aaron and I don't eat your food, have you eaten really cooked? Exactly. That's your family right. doesn't count, clearly. No, just no. us. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> 
enough with fine print. Remember, when you like, subscribe, review, or share this podcast, it helps more people find us. Thank you so much for listening. The Singapore Saturday Club is open!